Welcome to the Athletes Podcast, where we interview athletes. Hey, it's Iman. Welcome back. Today we have Mateo Talia Riol. He's a fencing champion known as the King of Sword, a proud father, and the founder of a soon-to-launch business event company. Mateo, it's a pleasure to have you here. How are you? Thank you. Thanks for having me here. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, actually, <laughs> just uh, uh, found out that I that I that I'm positive to COVID, which nowadays, you know, it's something quite usual. Uh, but I'm fine. Uh, I'm isolated to my family. Everything. Everyone is fine. So I'm ju- I just have to wait, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, thank you for. Uh, making the time to speak under that condition. And I hope you recover fully. Um, maybe you can kick us off. Tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe share something most people wouldn't know about you. Well, you know, uh, uh, people know, you know, people know the, the surface of, of my career, meaning, you know, winnings. And, but not a lot of people, I mean, people can imagine the fact that uh, behind victories, there's always, uh, you know, a lot of work and I've always been a, a, a really hard worker. And, uh, you know, I, I started actually having this mindset. Uh, my parents told me since I was a kid, you know, I always had the, the, the mentality that the focus uh, um, and, and mostly the goal settings. So first time I said that I wanted to win Olympics I think it was like when I was like eight years old I started fencing when I was six and basically I decided to 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 win Olympics because it was the the hardest goal to reach and that's the way I am you know I I love to to aim at the what most most people think it, it's impossible. So that that's what I was uh, the way I was when I was a kid, and I think that's the way I am now. So um, that's what I love about about sports uh, the 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 goal setting and 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 you know and knowing that if you if you work hard at certain point you can actually reach that goal. Well, congrats on that success. Um... How about a bit of context around how you got started professionally? Maybe you can walk us through that from what you did to begin your career up until what you're doing now. Yeah. So um, I, I was, a, I was, you know, what, what the kids now, you know, probably, <laughs> sorry. So when I was a kid, I was, I was very um, energetic. Okay. And probably I had a little of um uh attention deficit what what they call it now you know and i i had uh struggled to to focus on one thing but mostly i was so energetic that um that my parents uh took me to they wanted me to do some sports because i was basically running around the house all day and all night and so I actually started sports when I was very, very young at uh, two and a half years old, three years old. I started with swimming. And then at, uh, I was living in, you know, I, I come from, from Treviso, which is in the northeast of Italy. 
and um, we are quite close to the mountains. So when I was three and a half, I started skiing. So when I was a kid, I was doing swimming and skiing. But and and, and I like those sports, but I was doing them mostly to to learn something new you know like how to ski which for us it's like quite normal because we are close to the morning to the mountains and at the same time I, I wanted to learn how to to swim because I was close to the beach that was what my parents uh, thought it was good uh, there were two good sports to start and um I love sports. I love competition. So I started to do competition of both. Uh, I tried at the same time some uh, team competition. And when I was like five years old, I tried like soccer, uh, volleyball, basketball, a lot of sports because I repeat, I always wanted to do more. And it was one of the few things that I actually enjoyed in life doing sports. Um, but I realized that I didn't really enjoy uh, team sports. Uh, in the meantime, um, I had uh, like this passion for um, blades, which sounds weird. Uh, but as a kid, I, I love like swords and, and, and all of that stuff in a like fiction way like i i was watching actually cartoons about uh, you know musketeers or robots that some of them had swords in it and um my mom was reading me books about musketeer and i actually started playing fencing uh by um an amount of uh, coincidence because um I had this passion, as I told you, for swords. And one day I was watching TV and I uh, pushed the wrong uh, button of the, um, the, uh, of the TV to, to, to turn on the TV. And um, instead of going on the channel with, um, with my cartoon, I accidentally came up to a fencing competition. So I realized that um, that uh, sport was very similar to, to, to the books and the cartoons I was watching. So I asked my mom, what was it? And she told me that uh, it was a sport that um, the musketeer were, were playing, you know? And um, in that moment, uh, I said to my mom, I wanna do that. And luckily my, my, my grandpa, um, who had a um, uh, newspaper stand, uh, he was selling newspaper, um, knew the coach of my, um, the fencing coach of my um, uh, town because uh, he was one of his clients. And um, so basically the day after I was in the fencing gym, and I never stopped since then. So I started when I was six, now I'm, I just turned 39. So that's the way I started fencing. Well, that's a very nice to hear story because you just happened to switch the wrong channel and you found your passion. Not a lot of people necessarily do that. They turn on the TV and right in front of them is their passion. So congrats on that. And it's cool that yeah. your grandpa knew the coach. You instantly were able to start training at a young age. 
So, yeah, you know, in in my town, my town is very small, um, and and you know, it's plus my my grandpa, uh, he was a, uh, I mean, he was selling newspaper at the time, but before he was uh, a journalist, so he was writing in some actually some sports. Um, some sports uh, newspaper, so he was actually quite um, well known. So yeah, you know, small town plus you know you know everybody and and that's it. <laughs> totally. And maybe you can go back to that time when you were first beginning to train in fencing. Uh, do any interesting stories come to mind around uh, the kind of training you needed to do so you'd compete? Uh, were there any specific um, battles that you had where you know you think of them often yeah yeah i i sometimes i um, when i speak to some friend of mine i i go back to that time because the the training method uh, now has changed and uh, and back in the day uh so uh, teaching fencing is not that easy because uh it's a very um uh, repetitive sport I mean it's it's various on the moves but you have to learn them very well and the best way to learn them is to like do them thousand and thousand of time and and you're not really ready to compete uh, till at least uh, one year uh, so you have to imagine try to train a kid of um, six-year-old that was actually uh, really energetic as I told you and and what was cool about my my old coach was the fact that he was trying to keep uh, to making me do the, the the boring stuff let's say but um, hiding it from me so I was always asking him I think since since day one uh, when am I, when are we going to actually fight? You know, because in the beginning you have to like learn all the moves, uh, you have to do a lot of uh, drills, uh, all of that stuff. So I was asking my coach, when are we going to fight? And he told me tomorrow for one year. And I show, and I showed up like literally every day, um, uh, asking him this and he told me tomorrow. And, and I did that for literally one year. But that, that's, you know, that's the difference between the, the, the old way of fencing and now. Uh, you know, a lot of people tell me that, you know, my form, my, my, my way of fencing, you know, it's very beautiful to watch. It's very correct. It's very, you know, precise. But that precision comes from, from you know, doing that in the beginning. And now... I think this is a little lost. Everything is going um, very fast, but I think you're losing a little bit of this um, way of training that in my opinion is uh, mostly at that age, it's very good. Also for, for mentality, you know, like I was very, uh, I was a, per a person that didn't have any patience and, uh, it reminds me of, you know, Karate Kid, you know, when, when he wants to like fight and, and every day is like, you know, cleaning the car or doing all the other stuff. And my coach was very similar to Mr. Miyagi. And, you know, he was very, very calm and, and I learned to be calm and, and 
and driven uh, by doing this. You know, that's really refreshing to hear uh, having a coach who would keep telling you the same thing every day so that you can develop the patience. And um, as you mentioned, it makes your form very distinct in comparison to others um, and uh, in comparison to today. Uh, what other opinions do you have about the sport of fencing that you've seen evolve from the time you started to now that you like or that you find interesting? I mean, fencing, uh, like every other sport, um, has evolved a lot. So I started in 1989. And, um, and when, when I started, it was uh, very static. Uh, mostly Epe, the, the one I do, it was quite static. And um, now it's the opposite. Uh, I think you know when when I won when I won Olympics in two thousand eight, um, that was the moment where like me um, Fabrice Janet who arrived second and you know the top uh, let's say twenty fencers in the world were doing something new because we were very um, technical. Uh, at the same time, we were very well trained. Uh, so it was like the peak, in my opinion, of um, uh, training, preparation, like physical preparation and, and technique. Before, it was like more technique, but less, less, uh, less body, let's say, uh, less athleticism. And, um, and now, uh, athletic-wise, it's like way, way more like it's basically all all that like you don't see a lot of uh technique uh fencers are doing very very few technique very simple technique but because they could not because the distance has has changed a lot it's very uh closer the 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 physical preparation is like at a peak i i don't know if if someone can do more than this because nowadays uh, people who win the competition, uh, it's like, it has to be like a robot, basically. And, uh, but there's no more room for a lot of technique. So, you know, uh, I like it now. Uh, I think that, let's say, not a long time ago, but like 10 to, to, to six, six years ago, it was a little more fun to watch than now. Now you have to admit that, that everybody like is a great athlete, but it's not as fun to watch as before, in my opinion. Well, it's always good to hear those perspectives because you get a sense of what the past is versus now. So thank you for that. I know you're a family man. Maybe you could talk about that. How did you, in the midst of your career, um, manage to develop the, the family life that you have now while also building a company yeah i mean i i i describe my life uh as before and after leonardo leonardo is my son and um yeah so 
I won I I won Olympics in 2008 and 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 I thought it was like the peak of my happiness. Uh I I I was very lucky in my life because uh I I got got to do the job of my dream, you know, I I got to make my dream my job, which is something that that not a lot of people can 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 say. Um I actually had a lot of even like bad moments uh like injury and and other stuff but i thought you know that was my peak in terms of joy and 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 goal achievement too but um i realized in 2018 when my when my son has uh, is born that uh, it was not as even as close you know that that's it's definitely my biggest joy and my biggest achievement ever I heard a lot of people saying that, but but I didn't I did not believe them because you know not a lot of people who say that had won Olympics. You know, Olympics is very hard to win. So first time, you know, there were there were a lot of people telling me, "Oh, once you become father, you will understand." I was like, "Yeah, yeah," but you didn't win Olympics. You don't understand what what I felt. But they were they were right. You know being a father is the, the biggest joy ever and mostly it's a joy every day uh it's hard mostly if you're if you're an athlete because as an athlete you know we we work with our body and mostly the first two years i'm not saying two months but like two years of a child life it's very very hard to sleep it's very hard to to recover it's very hard to to actually manage your time, you know, as athletes, as pro athletes, uh, we, I speak plural because I know a lot of them and, and we are very uh, good at, at, at time management and, 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 you know, decide what to do in, in, in our day. And, and, and that, that's the thing you cannot do with, with a child. Like you, you, you plan something and, two seconds after you have to make another plan because it's very, very hard. And plus my, my partner, Martina, uh, she's an Olympic fencer athlete too. So <laughs> we are both in the, like, I cannot count on her in that term. You know, we have the same uh, problem with meaning when we have to leave for competition, when we have to sleep, uh, and uh, it's 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 nice because we we understand each other because we have the same kind of life, but uh, there are moments where we cannot unfortunately rely on each other for the kid because we are in the same situation. So it's even harder. But I mean, we manage to do it. Uh, mostly her because you know after pregnancy coming back to to competition it's not it's not that easy at all. Uh, I think I'd help her a little bit with training and with, with the mindset, but, but I'm very proud of her on, on making it and actually going to, to Tokyo Olympics after, after uh, giving birth um, and coming back with the medal. So I'm super proud of her. But I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard, but it's, uh, it's super joyful every day. And at the same time, uh, being a father helped me to um, to consider life in a on a different perspective. Uh, 
uh, I had to to redefine goals. I I actually had more fun in doing what I was doing. Um, and you know, in the beginning, I was thinking about quitting fencing, but actually, being a father uh, helped me continue because I I decided to do it for you know couple of more years just to to have fun and i'm actually having fun and i'm actually on the run for this um year's world championship by having fun so um, i'm super happy uh, and i'm trying to do my best well congrats on that and of course on your wife uh, winning a medal after shortly before giving birth that must be great uh, i can yeah. imagine or would like to imagine when you both want to just unwind, you probably spar with each other and that might be cool. Um, maybe you could talk about your business and uh, what's that look, what that's looking like because you're in the midst of competing, raising a family, but you're also starting a business. Can you talk about yeah. how that came about? Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> as long as I... I had like uh, 30 minutes of free time a day. I decided to, <laughs> to actually, you know, uh, start something new. So actually, I was uh, during quarantine, during quarantine, I was doing this um, uh, business um, course online. And um, because I wanted to learn something new and I wanted to actually use my, my athlete skill um, in the, uh, quote unquote, real business world, you know, I was like, I think that my skill can be useful once once I actually quit fencing. No second. Okay. Um, sorry for a second, I'm gonna drink some water. Yeah, so I decided to to actually take part of this um, course of the um, uh, IOC. Uh, and um, there were like 500 people um, taking part of this. And, um, and um, basically uh, it, was a, it, it was a business course and it was called, um, uh, business accelerator for athletes and I had this idea in my in the back of my mind and I wanted to do something um, for the environment and as long as I've been traveling for for my entire life I wanted to do something like travel related or um, or like that but I, you know I was I wasn't sure at the time uh, but then, uh, thanks to this course, uh, my my idea has been developed, and and I decided I actually become one of the like twenty eight out of like five hundred uh, project that has been um, that went to the to the final to the final part of this course, and then I had like a mentor helping me uh, for six months. And now I have my, my own startup and I'm actually um, starting to pitch for, for investors in like two weeks. And basically what I do is I created this uh, startup called Onua, which means uh, earth in um, Hawaiian. And um, 
it's uh, a sustainable trip and event uh, organizer for for business. So what I do is basically we 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 set up um, uh, mostly events like dinners or meeting or or um, uh, team buildings and other stuff for 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 businesses and 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 we set up in a in a sustainable way uh, uh, zero to very low impact and. Um, because I, I, I made a research and I found out that, that um, business in general and business events are, are very dangerous for, for, for environment, so also trips. And um, there's nothing like that. I mean, there are some companies, but they are not really focused on, on sustainable trip. There are, there are companies that are focused on other stuff and they, do a lot of you know greenwashing or or just have a small part on sustainable uh, trips and events and i decided to to base my startup only on that so we we that's our claim is to actually be sustainable and organize sustainable events so that's it wow that sounds really incredible and and impactful because uh, as the world opens up companies are going to engage in much more travel and of course a part of that is going to be event-based and um, I think what you're describing will have uh, a good impact because there's going to bring that level of consciousness around making all those activities more sustainable so thanks for that work yeah exactly you know I I wanted to sorry I wanted to you know I, I did my first part of my life doing like following my dreams. Now I wanted to make second part of my life still doing something I really believe on, you know, and, and I'm very into uh, climate change and, 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 you know, I wanted to do something for it. And I was like, you know, at least even if I do like 1%, I'm going to help the, the planet. That's it. Well, that's great. So you have a history of uh, awareness and concern for that. So that kind of answers the question I was going to ask around uh, whether there were any particular moments or a series of events or something specific where uh, you decided you wanted to start a business like this. Yeah, I mean, um, I've been traveling all of my life and and. I see the impact of travel and I see the impact of, you know, people that are not mindful in, 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 in all around the world. And I see also that different countries as, have different um, way of, of uh, seeing the, the, the problem of the climate change. So I think that now that the world, you know, is becoming more and more one world, you know, because it's we we are all connected, and and the the problem, you know, in Australia are going to be the same in the U.S. and in China and in Italy. You know, we are we are we are all facing the same good and the same bad. Uh, I just wanted to you know use my position to bring awareness, and um, at the same time, I. Years ago, I read a book about uh, this um, uh, ancient uh, Japanese philosophy that uh, 
Uh, it's called uh, Ikigai. Ikigai, uh, it's like um, the meaning of life, you know? And uh, I always like books about uh, philosophy in general. And reading this one, I realized that my Ikigai had to be something related to hosting or, you know, something like travel slash hosting and uh, something sustainable for the world because that's something I really believe in. So starting from my Ikigai, I developed this idea of doing something for like traveling or hosting uh, oriented um, uh, and, 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 and the, the world, the, 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 the planet. Uh, in the beginning, it was uh, uh, the business was not related only to, to, to other businesses, but I decided to focus on that because I'd seen that that's the, the beginning. That's where, where it's needed most, in my opinion. And then I would love one day to, to make it also customer-based. Customer that's fantastic. Well, it probably goes without saying that the future seems very bright. And you're probably very excited around uh, where that startup is going to take you. But, but at the same time, uh, where your championship uh, competitions are going to take you as well as you're having lots of fun throughout the process. So it's definitely been a pleasure speaking with you, Mateo. And um, if we could switch gears for a bit and you had the chance to go to any point in history and meet with anyone, who comes to mind? <laughs> the, the the it's it's a question that that I already did to myself uh, a lot of time. I think the first person that comes to my mind is Bruce Lee. I wanted to meet Bruce Lee. <laughs> or the second one is Marcus Aurelius. These are my two like my my two person I wanted to meet. Marcus Aurelius because I I share a lot of his uh, philosophy. I uh, actually did a classical study in school and um, I always wanted to know the way he um, really was, you know. I mean, he has been written also a lot about his weakness, not only about like his strengths, but I just wanted to know uh, like a day of Marcus Aurelius in real life. And mostly it's the same about uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, Bruce Lee, I love him more as a philosopher than as an actor, because I mean, he was a great actor, but I, I, I read all of his books and I think he was like a modern philosopher. Uh, and that's it. Those are the two person in general that I wanted to, to chat about. But we can we can discuss about it like all day because I, 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 a lot of time I think about the past and the person I wanted to meet and that they are a lot actually. Also like rock stars and but also normal people uh, about like different um, uh, time, time eras in, you know, I would love to travel in time in general. Yeah, that would be great. And it would be cool to understand how Bruce Lee came up with those ideas and uh, melded them to put together Jeet Kune Do. Like you mentioned, you read his books and that's a great one. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's been a pleasure speaking with you once again. And until next time, Mateo, maybe you can share a parting thought. 
Yeah, um, that that's you know my go-to uh, are two. Um, I'm gonna say two because one is is um, follow your dream and you know believe it, believe in your dreams because that's what I did and that's what I still do and and that's what I would love to. That's that's what I would say to my child. And the other one is actually a tattoo that I have, and it's uh, know yourself, meaning like before knowing other you have to like look inside of yourself and know what you really want who you really are and what you really want and that's that's uh the the beginning of everything like starts from inside and then you have to go outside and follow your dreams <laughs> perfect thank you so much mateo until next time until next time thank you Thanks for hearing the Athletes Podcast and stay tuned for more episodes.